360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. High high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting right here at KPFA from the Huchin-occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to settlers as the Bay Area. Tonight we will have sounds and interviews. A couple of interviews, one with Billy X. Jennings, one of the members of the Black Panther Party, He'll speak on the party's beginnings and some of the events of the month. And then we will have another interview with the wife of Huey P. Newton, Dr. Huey P. Newton. Uh, That's Frederica Newton, and she is also the president of the Huey P. Newton Foundation. And we also have Dana King, the artist for The Bust, that will be presented this month. So we will have those interviews along with music, as I said, and we will keep it rolling and keep it scrolling. So let's go. Stevie G at your service. Just listening to Stevie Wonder's I Want to Talk to You, appropriate for an interview show. So we're going to segue right back into the first part of our interview with Billy X. Jennings. KPFA 94.1 FM, Full Circle. Fifty-five years ago this month, the community, in particular the black community, stepping forward, with a voice of their own, and with a supportive health, educational, political, and security perspective born out of the civil rights narrative and experience, the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense was born October 15, 1966. The very first headquarters was on 56 and Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Let's get into our youth and education. Let's learn about the positive contributions that have been made in this world. The Black Panther Party was about that education for the youth. We had a number of students at the time, youth, who had never seen many positive visions of themselves. Maybe it was shared with them Frederick Douglass. Maybe it was shared with them George Washington Carver. But What else? Who else did we learn about Mary McLeod Bethune? 
did we learn about Harriet Tubman? Did we learn about Nat Turner? Did we learn about that revolutionary spirit that speaks to any people that are oppressed and dealing with the violence that was threatening their very lives moment to moment? Well, the Black Panther Party decided to stand up. They found a way to educate the youth. They found a way to feed the youth. They also found a way to speak up and out for what is just in not just a local sense, a county or state sense, but in a national jurisdiction of what it means for full representation as American citizens. Second class, what does that even mean? So let's respect our lives as we identify the contagions to the community and individuals that have been voiceless for so long. The Black Panther Party stood in those shoes and carried that banner for not just the country, for the world. Black Panther branches spread all over the world where those who were suffering decided to stand up and take ownership of their own lives in their own way, embrace their culture, and move forward. In our case, from the African-American experience, these are the same people that originated from the great migration that came west. However, those same patrols and practices of Willie Lynch echoed across the regions west and remained in the community, especially in Oakland. Most prevalent and disturbing to a people looking for themselves as any other community in the world. So with that, we're going to get and open up with an interview here with Billy X. Jennings, one of the early members of the Black Panther Party. Here we go. Welcome. Okay, Welcome. Man, so, Glad to be here. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So again, uh, it, we are celebrating the 55th anniversary for the uh, uh, Black Panther Party uh, in its uh, uh, originating city, Oakland, California. Um, just a little transparency about myself. I'm a kid that grew up moving around, but my high school years were here in Oakland. I went to uh, Montero and Skyline and um, I've never felt connected to another city as I have to Oakland personally. So um, uh, all the history, all that's been here is very important to me. And I want to make sure we give this opportunity to pay homage to uh, uh, all those that have actually made Oakland what it is. And that's you all. That is definitely you all. So again, thank you. Welcome to the show. I've got you down as Billy X. Jennings. I'd like you to describe your name. Um, I also like to get some history, you know, uh, where are you from? Where were you born? Were you born here in the, in, in the Bay? And if you came from elsewhere, I'm always interested, especially for our people okay. with the African uh, X experience. Let's okay. understand what that great migration was like. So how did your family get you here as well as your, your, your origins? And then we can go from there. Okay, well, let me start at the beginning. I'm an Alabama boy, and uh, my mother is from a city called Hobson City in Alabama. Now, Hobson City is a very historical town because it was the only city in Alabama that Black people could vote. 
and black people could vote in Hobson Citizens, uh, 1899. The Ku Klux Klan and other elements and other races roamed the territory. But where I came from, uh, black people was armed. Um, they actually they had a um, an air about them, you know, that you you know better than me, right? But she instilled that in me at an early stage. So all through uh, elementary school, uh, I had a racist attack. Teachers uh, lying on me, saying I'm doing certain things. My mother kind of my mother kind of always had my back. She would always, did you see him do it? Did he, is there any witnesses? A lot of times it was like made up stuff because they were racist, yeah? And that's the way I was brought up. So in 56, 1956, six years old, uh, my dad had been transferred to California. So I go through um, high school and I run into a guy who is maybe three or four grades older than me. He's a senior and I'm a freshman. His name is Tommy Smith. Tommy Smith in 1968, he's the brother who held his fist up in 1968 Olympics and got oh, kicked the out. Track star. Yes, yeah. He and, mm-hmm. yeah, he and I went to the same school. And because he was a senior, he was like a, a coach's assistant. So one day he says to me, he said, he said well, back then he said, BJ, you can't fight everybody. So you have to pick your battle. And that was the first, like, wise thing I kind of took notice of. Because you can't fight every battle. You got to choose your battles. And that's what he did when he went to um, when he went to San Jose State. He and other Blacks uh, rallied together and had the Black boycott in 1968. But anyway, with that instilled to me in, in me, and so what happened was uh, my senior year was a very dramatic year, 1968. 1968 was the intensification of the Vietnam War. 1968 was the murder of Martin Luther King. 1968 was the murder of little Bobby Hutton in Oakland. 1968 was the murder of Robert Kennedy. You know, so there was, and some other people, some other people died as well. So that really impacted me in my last semester of high school. So when I graduated, my English teacher gave me a book as a gift not as assignment, but a book called The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm. So me and my friend from Lemoore, we had put together a, ski, a, a plan to move to Oakland because in 1968, the, the selected service was starting a new lottery. So we thought by going to a bigger city, our names won't come up as fast, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Oakland... In 19, I moved to Oakland in the summer of 1968. We were just listening to part one of our interview with Billy X. Jennings, one of the Black Panther Party members during this 55th celebration, October 2021, from the founding in October 1966. We're going to listen to a little bit more of Stevie Wonder and then get right back to our interview.
listening to KPFA 94.1 FM. This is Full Circle. Half Fridays at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We are listening to part one of the Billy X. Jennings interview. Then we had some music from Stevie Wonder. And we're going to get back to part two. Thank you. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I uh, school at Laney College. And it's like June, July, it's like July. And I'm sitting in my 11 o'clock to 11.50 criminology class. And I start hearing this chant, chant, right? And it became clear what they were saying with free Huey off the pig, free Huey off the pig. Because what happened was Huey Newton trial had just started. And it was at the Alameda County Courthouse, which is like maybe a block or so from Laney, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you could hear the chant flowing through the campus. So after class, I, me and my partner bounced out of class and walked around where the new library was, I mean, the new museum was being built. And I seen the demonstration, people holding signs saying free, uh, fair trial for Huey, free Huey, uh, and a bunch of other things. It was like a multiracial demonstration. It was black people, Native Americans, Asians, White people, you know, they're all unified. And I heard one of the pastors give a speech, and he talked about the same thing I was reading about in my Malcolm X book about two hours ago, you know, before I went to the rally, you know. And so I got really interested in the party and come to find out in my apartment building was a high-ranking member of the Black Panther Party. And so he started taking me around to different rallies in the summer of 68. And so I decided to join so when you join the Black Panther Party, you just can't say you're a Panther. You go through a um, training period, a six to eight week training period. Mm-hmm. And in that process, if you make it through the six to eight weeks, you can call yourself a Panther. But what you have to do, first thing they do, when you sign up, they give you a, a reading list, you know, with 35 books in, on it. You know, stuff like Wretched of the Earth by Fanon, books by Du Bois, books by... Uh, Che Guevara, or Mao Zedong, or Kuruma, or wow. books Mao Mao, uh, books about the world struggle, you know? Because if you're going to be, the Black Panther Party was a revolutionary organization. So we got our inspiration from other revolutionaries and other successful revolutionaries. So reading and being educated was a very big part of being a Panther. You had to read two hours a day by yourself, you have to attend political education class twice a week. Uh, and you were given a geographical area to go door to door, right? So my particular area in Oakland was Brookfield and Zabrani Park. I talked to young people about establishing um, Black student unions because Black student unions was a new concept in 68, you know? And most high schools at that time were starting to have Black student unions or wanted Castlemont, Fremont, even Madison Junior High School down in Brook, down in Brookfield and stuff. So I helped young people uh, organize on campus, and uh, you know we started a, started a breakfast program in 1968. That was when the Black Panther Party went. Na- that was our first national program. That was the first national program. Was the school food program? Yes, 19, January 1969 at St. Augustine Church at 27th and West. 
So if you wanted to join the Black Panther Party or find pants, you would have to go to St. Augustine Church on Wednesday where they're holding political education class. You were basically recruited by, by sort of like near peers. I mean, you, you, you mentioned Tommy Smith earlier in terms of having a connection to some older mentors. You mentioned, uh, you know, someone in your building, in your apartment building, who was a Black Panther who got you involved. But it sounds like very much like a near peer. This was a youth organization uh, that, that was the groundswell and that brought a lot of energy and focus. Yet with that, even being that young, still it was very structured, very organized. You had a six to eight week training program. You mentioned reading for what, a couple of hours a night or something, I think I heard you say? You had to read two hours a day, two hours a day. And then you had to attend political education classes, which is more or less uh, going over the books you read, um, uh, Q&A sessions and group reading and group um, thinking and strategy, right? Oakland, during that time, it was a Johnson administration, you know, after Kennedy was killed, Johnson took over. And so uh, Oakland was below the poverty level, right? In terms of poor people and living in the community, because Black people was redlined at that time. We were all forced into West Oakland, poor jobs, poor environment. And what happened, many of the kids went to school hungry. So when you don't have the uh, correct nutrition, it's hard for you to concentrate and learn. So exactly. at one point, kids were, kids were like fainting in class, you know, before hunger, right? And so what the school district did, their, their, their method was to take that kid back home so he, so he can get some food, right? Mm -hmm. But common sense would tell you if they had food at the house, he would have ate it before he left home. Exactly. Absolutely, there's no food in the house for him. So that's why our program was very necessary at that time. You know, and what we did in, in, in Oakland set the example for around the world. Right. Because Bobby Seale, after the first week of the breakfast program, Bobby Seale at that time declared that every Panther office has to open up breakfast programs. And at that time, we had 48 offices in 30 major cities across the country. So instantaneously, the, the breakfast program became a national program. You know, uh, we're talking about young people. And one of the young people that went to our school later became a TV star on um, the show called Bernie Mac. Kalita Smith. Kalita Smith. She went to our school, was eight years old. Matter of fact, she did a documentary for Lamar Burton, and uh, she narrated the whole thing. She interviewed Huey. So there's a number of Panther Cubs who are doing good. As you go drive around Oakland and see those murals. Okay, we just listened to our interview, part one and part two of Billy X. Jennings, one of the members of the Black Panther Party, celebrating this month of October the 55th anniversary of the founding of the Black Panther Party. So we're going to listen to a little bit more Stevie Wonder. Pick up my life at the table Read about the way I could be Well, I know I just ain't able So I read about the real me Who can I blame For the way I am I ain't never had one soul to help me 
so I don't give up. This is KPFA 94.1 FM. I'm your host, Stevie G. This is the Full Circle Show every Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. We were just listening to part two of the Billy X. Jennings, a member of the Black Panther Party, uh, his interview. Uh, we're going to finish out uh, as he tells us some of the events that are coming up, and then we will segue back to some music before we get into our next interview. Stay tuned. What should we do right now? I mean, I understand that this week, and this is a, a, a celebration, so it's a, a, a model of recognizing the Black Panther Party. And again, with the 55th anniversary of the founding of the Black Panther Party uh, this month, how do we make connection to um, those that are still working on behalf of the community? What do we do? Well, what you can do is start where, start from where you're at. You know, look around, see what uh, uh, organizations are doing. And if you have a couple hours uh, a week, or uh, a month, you can donate your services to those type of organizations. Uh, look in your neighborhood, see what needs to be done there. You know, uh, go to the library and talk to the librarian about what needs, you know, things that could be done. You know, maybe you can sponsor a, a class, you know, at the library, you know, um, teaching certain, a, a skill that you might have, you know. So the thing is to reach out and embrace you know, and trying to deal with problems in our community. You know, they might be small problems or big problems, but we need people to be engaged in solving problems. You know, that's the only way we can get rid of the problem is to identify them and start moving to alleviate them. So you can start, you can read, uh, you can read books on the Black Panther Party legacy so you can get more familiar with the party than just, they had guns or they had programs. You know, the Black Panther Party was a world organization. So this is an opportunity. You can go to our website at www.bpp50thyearcelebration.com and you get the whole lineup of events from Thursday until Sunday. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's fantastic. Um, you know, Billy, I want to thank you so much for spending this time and sharing all of this great history and knowledge and helping us to understand uh, more in detail uh, the connection uh, that the Black Panther Party has had with the community, uh, not just in its founding city of Oakland, California, but also its international impact on the world stage and in so many different areas. You mentioned education. You mentioned uh, 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 nutrition with food, healthcare in general. Uh, you mentioned sickle cell as something that affects the black community uh, uh, so uniquely uh, and just in a number of different ways. I mean, the, the liberation schools, it's, it's, it's amazing the impact of the Black Panther Party and just wanna thank you uh, on, on behalf of the community, I'd like to thank you. Uh, definitely uh, want to make sure that we uh, 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 share our love and appreciation for all that has been done on behalf of the community. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And I hope to see you this weekend.
right, welcome back, KPFA 94.1 FM. This is your host, Stevie G, and this is Full Circle. We were just listening to a little bit of, more of Stevie Wonder, and we're going to move into uh, the last event for uh, the celebration of the Black Panther Party 55th anniversary, and this will be the memorial uh, bust um, event that will happen October 24th from 11 to 3 p.m., and so we will listen to uh, Miss Frederica Newton, uh, the widow, uh, wife of Dr. Huey P. Newton, and then the artist extraordinaire, Dana King, who created the bust that will be um, at the event on Sunday. Let's listen in part one. Okay, welcome, welcome, KPFA 94.1 FM. This is Full Circle every Friday night from 7 to 8 p.m. And in our studio today, we are welcoming, uh, again, as a part of the celebration of the Black Panther 55th anniversary, the celebration, and on uh, October 24th, the memorial uh, will, uh, and dedication will be made for Dr. Huey P. Newton. And again, that's October 24th from 11 to 3 p.m. Uh, so, and that's going to be right down at the corner of Mandela Parkway and Dr. Huey P. Newton Way. So that would be Mandela Parkway and formerly known as Ninth Street. So uh, with that, I'd like to welcome our guest, uh, Frederica Newton. Hi, how are you doing? Hi. Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me tonight. Thank you so much. Sure, sure. Welcome, welcome. Well, we're going to get to talk about a few things this uh, 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 this evening and, and talk about what's going on and what's happening. And I uh, just really appreciate your, your the opportunity to, to spend some time with you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. I so appreciate the invitation. All right. And welcome. I have another guest in here, the artist <laughs> who's actually <laughs> creating this great work. <laughs> Dana King, hi, how are you? Hi, Steve. I'm so excited to be on Full Circle. Thank you for having us. This is so important. So the first thing I'd like to start out with, and it's, um, uh, you know, where were you born? Where are you from? Dana, if you don't mind, if we start with you. I uh, was born in Cleveland, Ohio. My parents, uh, Joanne Eisenberg and Doc Dante James Jr. were secretly married in Mexico in the 50s because my father was from Arkansas, black man, my mother, white, from the north, Akron, Ohio. And uh, the birth of my brother and myself were both illegal in most states until we were eight and 10 years old. So my parents were revolutionary in their love. And um, they were married for seven years and then my dad died. So my mom was left to raise two little black children through the 60s and the 70s and um, in the 80s. And uh, I can't even begin to imagine how, how terrifying that had to be for her. Lord, I am a product of the Midwest. Through and through. Right. I went to uh, high school in Big Rapids, Michigan, went to college at Ferris State University. It was a college when I graduated. <laughs> Moved to California, the total cliche, packed my Volkswagen, 
to the, you know, to the ceiling and drove to California. I kid you not with a sign that said California or bust on it. And I moved to LA in 82 and I have a business degree. I have a, a partial, well, I went back to get my MFA, but I'm a, but I have a, I'm an art school dropout, but I still have an MFA and I'm going to let you all figure that out. Last word is artist. First word is mother. (laughs) (laughs) And I have faith that you can figure out the middle letter. So, um, so um, I started on my third career, which is sculpture about, well, a little more than 10 years ago. And I was getting my MFA in fine art painting, but I, I took a weekend class with a master sculptor named Philippe Perot, and I couldn't even finish the class. I, I, poor man, he probably thought, what is, what, this crazy woman? I, I went back for the third day and I said, listen, I can't stay. I gotta go, I'm full. I have no more room in my head for any more information. I just have to go do this. And I did, and I've been doing it ever since. And I'm so grateful to be invited by Frederica to create a bust of her husband, Huey P. Newton, Dr. Huey P. Newton. And, um, and it's really important um, and, and connects and aligns with my mission, which is to create black bodies in bronze and tell the story of, of what has gone untold in this country deliberately, maliciously. Um, and if it has been spoken in any instance, it's, it's usually um, inaccurate. So that's what I do, that's who I am. Thanks mm. for coming, good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we have more to talk oh, about. No, I'm frozen. Frederica, you as well, I'd like to get a little background on you. Well, I was born in Oakland. Kaiser Hospital, the hospital that I just retired from a couple of years ago. So it seems I didn't go very far. All right. Well, I'm going to say congratulations still. That's that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I retired as an addiction nurse there. I was there for about 21 years. And my parents, we have a similar background, Dana and I do. My father was a black man. He was from Mississippi um, by way of Chicago. He was a jazz musician. And um, matter of fact, his, he's got a star on 7th Street. He and my mother used to own a club um, on 8th, I think it was, the Elks Club. They used to run the Elks Club after hours. And I have a, a handbill downstairs of one of their, their shows, Slim Slaughter Band. 3 a.m. until 50 cents to get in. They met at a socialist workers party meeting in San Diego and they too had to go to Mexico to be married. They had, um, my mother already had a son from a previous marriage and he was white. And my mother, after losing one child in, in she was an infant, had two more children. So our family didn't look like, even though we were living in Berkeley at the time, 
didn't look like any family I knew. My dad would had his hair processed and come home about two or three in the morning from his gigs. My mother would be all suited up. She was a real estate broker and opened her own firm, which was really something in those days and spent her career and her life's blood, um, literally fighting racism and, um, and redlining in the real estate industry. She was responsible for many of the black families in Berkeley, the parents of kids of my generation who were able to buy their homes and responsible for the first black family to move into San Leandro, she would oftentimes pose as the buyer. And she would, and she had what was called at the time creative financing of her office. At that time, the realtor would handle the financing as well as the loan, as well as the purchase and the sell. So she managed other in an in escrow, I mean in um in accounts, I can't think of the word, um, people's money, trust accounts, um, who were like-minded and wanted to loan money to black people who were trying to buy property. So my friends, it wasn't unusual. And she did this, um, come on downstairs, you're gonna buy this house and I'm gonna loan you the money and this is how you're gonna pay me back. Ooh, powerful. And yeah, she's a pretty powerful woman. She launched the careers of many. She helped launch the careers of many um, elected officials today, including Ron Dellum. So my house was always filled with with events and uh, stuff around election, and we were marching in marches since when we could walk. So. I was raised in a very, very political family and extended family. So, yeah. So I joined the Black Panther Party after meeting Huey in 1971 and started the Huey Newton Foundation in 1993, I think it was, a few years after he, he was murdered. All right. We were just listening to part one of our interview with Frederica Newton, uh, the uh, wife of Dr. Huey P. Newton, and also the artist Dana King, uh, who created the bust for the event coming up October 24th, Sunday, October 24th, in celebration of the Black Panther Party's 55th anniversary. So we're going to listen to a little bit of music here. Let's go. 
we were just listening to Aretha Franklin, Curtis Mayfield, People Get Ready, but her rendition just floors us. Uh, this is KPFA 94.1 FM, and this is the Full Circle Show, which happens every Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. We uh, finished up our first part with Miss um, uh, Frederica Newton, the widow, the wife of Dr. Huey P. Newton, and also the artist, Dana King, and all that she brought to the table with a fantastic piece that will be unveiled October 24th from 11 to 3 p.m. So we want to make sure we're all there in support of uh, a great Oakland treasure. With that, we're going to get to part two, and then we'll follow some more music. I'm really grateful to be able to be doing what Dana and I are doing at this time of my life. And I, I couldn't have chosen a better person to, to do this with. I just couldn't. It's, it's been a gift. And the friendship that's come about as a result has been a gift, a real gift. So, yeah, God has a plan. Yes, indeed. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed, he does. He does. So let's actually just segue then. We'll just take from that moment where you just left off and let's go to Dana and let's ask, okay, so then how did you two meet? And then how did you start to discuss the thoughts of how you can honor Dr. Huey P. Newton? Frederica and I walk the lake every weekend. Uh, Saturday, she said, um, you know, Huey did this. Huey put us together. <laughs> Beautiful. And I think he did uh, because I got an email and I didn't even remember this. Frederica reminded me of this. I got an email from a, uh, a woman from, where was she from? Sweden. She was part of, she was a Swedish, Swedish journalist. Sweden. And, uh, and she wanted to know if I would be interested in, in uh, pursuing a conversation around um, some type of memorial for Huey Newton. And I'm like, well, yeah. And, uh, and connected me with Frederica and poof, that was the last I ever heard of her, right? <laughs> uh, she just disappeared like it didn't even happen. Um, so we, we, we met and started talking and um, this, this has been a long time in the works, actually. Um, I mean, the agreement to do this came in uh, about June or July of 2019, as best I can uh, tell. But initially it was a, the idea was to honor Huey at the place where he took his last breath. You know, Frederica, I can create a bust of Huey. And she was like, done. Mm, <laughs> there you go. Done. Mm. Huey was here. Huey was here from the moment we decided we were going to do this until he was done. And I had to ask him to leave. Huey, you got to go. We're done here. <laughs> Uh, seriously, um, but he showed up, and and um, I could feel his presence here. 
I can absolutely feel his presence here in my studio. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So you decided to um, work it out as a bust. You know, what type of reference material did you use as you started to, you know, form your thoughts on where you think this might shape or lead you in terms of that, that, that product or, or, or what you were working on. And then, uh, Frederica, how did, again, your, you all's conversations or your relationship as you started to understand more, how did that help to shape and influence some of, some of that, that work and where you're moving? Um, yeah, go Dana. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. He asked you that question first. Well, I start with history. I mean, um, I, I read as much as I could. Um, Huey's writings, dissertation. I read about the service programs, the survival programs that the Panthers created on behalf of community because community was not being served by local government or any entity uh, and most amazingly and and I have these photographs of Huey that Frederica printed out for me they're big they're you know they're 18 by some are one's 18 by 24 those are probably I don't know 12 by 18 or something um, so I had them all around my studio but the best part is that um, Frederica shared stories in her life with Huey. Because, I mean, his writings will inform who he was as a revolutionary. But I wanted, I wanted, I needed to know about Huey the man. Because I, I created this for Frederica. He will stand in the community surrounded by black people and will be so happy on Mandela Parkway on his boulder, but he's for Frederica. And, and over this period of time, we have built trust and gotten to know each other. And, and she's been very forthcoming. We laughed and cried from the, from the stories of, of their life. And I'm so grateful for that. I could not have created the piece without her constant input. I mean, she would tell me, I, I've never been able to work with someone who, who knew so intimately the person whose likeness I was creating. And I'm super grateful for that. People get ready for the train to Jordan. It's picking up passengers from coast to coast. Faith is the key. Open the doors and borders.
Of course, we need to take in another piece of Aretha. People get ready. And we're going to get right back to our interview. Well, welcome back. KPFA 94.1 FM. This is Full Circle from 7 to 8 p.m. every Friday night. I'm your guest or host this evening. Um, my name is Stevie G. And uh, we were listening to part two of uh, the interview with uh, Frederica Newton, the uh, wife of Dr. Huey P. Newton, and also the artist uh, Dana King. And they will unveil a piece October 24th uh, from 11 to 3 at the corner of Dr. Huey P. Newton Way and Mandela Parkway. That will be Sunday from 11 to 3 p.m. Let's get, back, let's get back to our last part, and then we will finish out for the evening. And Frederica, for you? I have to assume it, it, it has to be uh, more comforting in terms of having that, that type of connection and, and, and I guess helping to really help foster that trust and probably it infuses the art. I, I, I can't see how it could not. Um, yeah, it, it, that had to grow because the first time that I saw the piece, Dana, Dana is unusual to me in that she would allow people in during the process. Dana invited me in when there was a neck. <laughs> <laughs> but I was excited to show her that neck. She was really excited. And we had another young man that was working with us at the time. He was equally as excited. He was juiced about his neck. So I, I was up here awake a few nights. <laughs> 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 so um, the, the trust grew. I loved that she was open. I mean, I took a lot from that, that she's trusting me enough to be open with this thing each step of the way. And her studio was always open for me to come. Come, why don't you come? You haven't been here this week. And as he continued to develop at each stage, there were things that were more pronounced because there were the eyes. At one point, the eyes were troublesome. Yeah. That I was, yeah. because terrible. <laughs> Let's just say, <laughs> but he—he's he's real. You can even see it. Well, you can't see it, but he was—he—he he has real intense eyes, and he—we hadn't gotten there yet. And so I spoke with her, and she told me, "Put your hands on him. You've got muscle memory in your hands, and close your eyes, and you'll remember it. Your hands will guide you." And I did. And I put my hand, we have pictures of those. I put my hands on him and it was cold. And uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but it didn't feel like when he was alive. And then Dana reassured me in her kind way. She said, he's going to be warm when he's in bronze. He's going to get warm by the sun. So don't worry. And... Um, so I don't worry. I said, is it really? So, um, you know, there were different stages of this whole creation of Huey. And um, he's beautiful now. Wait till you see him. He just glistens. And, you know, there will be hundreds of people out there come Sunday. And, and I would normally be worried, 
you're not worried. Worry is not the right word. I would be anxious <laughs> at, to unveil a piece for, for how it would be received, right? I don't worry. I'm not worried about this at all because Frederica gave me the go. And when she said, yes, he's, he's done, I'm like, that's all I needed. That's all I need come this Sunday. I know that she loves him and um, I love him. But interestingly enough, so there were many iterations of him. Initially, he was going to be placed on a pretty traditional base. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, he would have had on, I would have created him with his beret and his leather jacket and his white collared shirt. But he's going to be on Mandela at Dr. Huey P. Newton Way, which used to be Ninth Street. And right at Mandela, there is a boulder, a granite boulder from the Sierra. And Frederica and I went to the site one day and we were like, well, where can we put him? And one of us said, well, if that boulder wasn't in a way, we could put it right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was that eureka moment like, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the base. Because Huey was the rock of, of West Oakland, of Oakland, of, of the Panthers, of globally, right? So once we agreed that that would be the base, even though we didn't have permission at that time, um, it required that he not be wearing clothes. <laughs> Frederica's laughing. Okay, so there's a serious element to this. You know, as an artist, the, the serious element is that because because it's a you know he's in nature, he's on a natural um, base, and and. And it's an organic look, and so he shouldn't have any clothes on. It was necessary. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and Frederica knows, like it took me like a good two weeks to really get into starting to sculpt him because okay, brother was fine. He was fine. And I have all these pictures in my studio up about with him, and I'm like, I would come in and I would say, Hi, Huey, how are you? And I would pat my hair and you know put on a little lip gloss and, you know, it took me really two weeks to settle down and, and see beyond the, the beauty of the man to, um, to the essence of the man, which is also beautiful. Um, the, I work with clay and, um, and you can add and, and, and take away and add and take away. It's not like marble where once it's in, that's it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we could, we could analyze the piece throughout the process um, as to how it really needed to look and to, and to be on that rock. And I love the cut now. I, um, it's elegant and, and simple. 
and there's an there's a piece to the base to the actual sculpture itself that we'll talk about when he's unveiled the way that he is sitting on the way that the cut the reason for the cut but i can't tell you now i i i love what's going to happen on the 24th um because it's going to be that opportunity for um the generations thank you so much thank you well text your children you know let them know it's happening <laughs> oh yes definitely definitely so this is october 24th and this will be from 11 to 3 11 to 3 on mandela and 9th formerly 9th street it's dr huey p newton way and we'll okay. have an unveiling ceremony we'll have music fantastic negrito is is performing as well as the Prescott clowns or Prescott. They're on stilts and Barbara Lee is coming in. We have many elected officials speaking and a lot of community members. It's the 55th anniversary of the founding of the Black Panther Party. So you'll have many former party members here from all over the country that have flown in for this weekend event. So um, please come. Yes. Definitely. We will be there. We will be there. We look forward to it. Well, I know I've taken up some of your time here. I know you all have so much to do as you're preparing to, 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 uh, to, to, to schedule everything so everything goes off as perfectly as I know that it will. Uh, so I'm going to sort of release your time back to you. But I want to say thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. Um, I think uh, KPFA is honored. Uh, first, uh, a full circle is definitely honored to help celebrate the uh, Black Panther 55th anniversary and the celebration. And uh, again, the opportunity for the memorial for uh, Dr. Huey P. Newton. And before you all go, though, I want to make sure that if people can reach out to you and contact you, how they might do that. So I'll say, um, Dano, first, how can knowing that your artistic work would love to be able to stay in communication and contact with you. Absolutely. Well, I'm on Instagram and my, it's Dana King art 360. I do have a website. Of course it isn't up to date because you know, uh, but it's Dana King art.com. And, and through it, you can reach me on my email through my website. Excellent. Excellent. Frederica. The Huey P. Newton Foundation.org um, is our website, Huey P. Newton Foundation.org, and at Huey P. Newton on Instagram and Huey.one, Huey.one, if any of your generous listeners want to contribute to the work that we're doing to promote the legacy and history of the Black Panther Party. All right. All right. Well, again, thank you both for being here with us on thank Full Circle. You. And thank you. you all have a great, 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 great event. And we're going to be there to celebrate it with you. Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. you. We'll just thank the Lord. Oh, we'll just thank the Lord.
we've come to the end of our show. And uh, time flies when you're having the, uh, I guess it's not fun, but it could be full. So when you're uh, riding the full circle, we'll say that. So we just want to make sure that we thank Billy X. Jennings, Frederica Newton, and Dana King. Thank you so much for being guests on the show. And one final shout out for the Full Circle crew. Our executive producer is Miss M. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And Free Will and Franklin is our technical director. Thanks for listening, family. Stay tuned to KPFA Station Breaks. And up next at the top of the hour is La Onda Baita. I'm Stevie G, signing out.